NFR. NFR Extra is a podcast dedicated to the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo and features icons and personalities that embody the Western lifestyle. Cody Lambert came down to the barn there one day and he said, you've been watching the NFR at all? I said, yeah, I've been watching it on TV and stuff. He said, well, that's where you should be going next year. And when he said that, it kind of, it was like a holy shit moment. Okay, maybe I am good enough to make the NFR. That's where you get better and you build up stuff. I mean, you learn from your experiences and I definitely learned a lot out of it and and found out a lot about myself. So, I mean, it it was good and bad, but it all worked out in the end. Hi, this is Penn and & Teller, and you're listening to NFR Extra. But I've been known to lie. Curious on how you even got to America, but I'm going to start a little bit with the Junior Rodeo. I believe you actually qualified to come to America for the first time in high school? Uh, yeah, that was in 2015. I went to the junior high school finals in Des Moines, Iowa. So that's a great place to be in the summertime. Uh, yeah, not really. <laughs> <laughs> so what was that yeah, like your was, first time coming to the States? Honestly, I didn't really like it. I was only here for two weeks and I was literally in Iowa the whole two weeks. and. The bull riding didn't go very good at all. I rode one bull. I cut. I come over here expecting to get on a bunch of big buckers, and I got on a bunch of really, really little buckers. <laughs> <laughs> and I was kind of tall for my age then too, and I did not get along with them at all. And uh, I mean, it it wasn't everything I thought it was cracked up to be, but. Uh, I I spent the two weeks here. I mean, it was a good time to spend with the family. It was a good experience. And uh, But when I come back the second time, it was a lot better. <laughs> How long was that flight? Uh, it's 13 and a half hours. Holy cow. You can have that. What was the second so, time? The second time, uh, I come over for a month in 2017. I was 17. Uh, I went to some youth bull riding finals in Texas, in Abilene, Texas, and uh, that went a hell of a lot better. And I also amateur rodeoed. I spent a week at Ryan Dirty's house just doing bull riding stuff there and hanging out. And I went to a bunch of amateur rodeos when I wasn't at them for youth bull riding finals, and I was doing good at them and winning and stuff. And uh, that was when I met. CJ Aragon, uh, my college coach, when he was working at Odessa, I went out there and got on some practice balls out there and stuff and met him. And and uh, it was a lot better trip, that one. Is it safe to say that's when you decided you were coming out for college? Uh, yeah, pretty well. At the end of 2017, I had made my mind up that I was coming over here to go to college and, and start out, yeah. How complicated is that visa? 
Uh, it was a little complicated. I honestly couldn't tell you how complicated it was. My mom did most of it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I got my I got my student visa, and uh, that's how I was able to come over here and go to start college and stuff. So. That was that at all intimidating of leaving your home country slash continent and then coming over to a place that you've spent very, very little time in? Uh honestly it wasn't. Uh I wanted to come over here really bad. Like that's all I ever wanted to do. And so it it was really surprising. It didn't it wasn't daunting at all. Uh I wasn't too worried about it. I just knew I wanted to be over here and ride bulls and make a career out of it. And uh, thinking back now and looking at what I went through, had I have known that was probably going to happen, it may have been a little scarier. But <laughs> uh, no, it, it it's all worked out and uh, things are working out great now. So I'm I wouldn't have changed anything. Do you feel like you needed college rodeo to kind of get your legs underneath you? I mean, did that help you kind of acclimate and and meet some new people that you were going to be competing against at the professional level? Yeah, it damn sure did. Uh, I didn't, besides my college coach and Ryan Dirt Eater, uh, I didn't know anyone else in the state. So, I mean, it, it gave me a place to stay, uh, Food was free, of course, because I was on scholarship, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like, it was a lot better way of getting started over here as far as money goes and stuff like that. And and all I I needed to buy when I got here was a vehicle and then go rodeo on. And uh, so it it made it a lot easier getting started in that way. And then, yeah, I went on to meet new people. I met Colton Pritzland. I traveled with him all of 2020. Mm-hmm. And we rodeoed in the same region together, college rodeo on. And then, as, and then as I pro rodeoed more and more, that's when I started meeting more people and stuff like that. And and I was fortunate enough to meet Cody Lambert uh, through Troy Don. I spent a lot of time at home with Troy Don, and he called Cody for me one day, and because I wanted to stay here over the summer, and I didn't really have anywhere to base myself out of while I was at college and because uh, all the dorms shut down over summer and uh, I, I got in contact with Cody Lambert and uh, pretty much ever since I went there I never looked back and and that's when I started pro rodeo more and more. What was coming coming over here did you have the direction of going into pro rodeo versus PBR? Uh Honestly, I didn't. Uh, when I first got here, I went to a few pro rodeos in Texas, filled my permit, and was just kind of trying to get my feet wet there. Well, then in 2019, I I decided I wanted to do a full year on my permit because I've only been here for like three months at the end of 2018. And uh, so no one really knew who I was. And... I didn't. I didn't know really know where to go. With that so, I went to a couple of pro rodeos uh, in 2019. But uh, another Australian that I was traveling with, Nathan Burtonshaw, he was on the PBR scene, and I went to a lot of PBR touring pros and stuff like that over the summer of 2019. Because 
I didn't I didn't know where anything was as far as rodeos and stuff, so I didn't really know whether to enter them or how to get there and stuff like that. It was all kind of a cluster. And then at the towards the end of 2019, I figured well i had claimed the texas circuit as my circuit so i'm like well i'll just make the texas circuit finals and and that can be my goal for the end of the year and i did that and uh and then all the pretty much once i did that then i just decided i was going to rodeo nice so what was it like when you really kind of did get some momentum going and you got the texas circuit going you got some rodeos when you saw the NFR on your radar, what was your kind of your thought process on that? Uh, well, at the end of 2019, uh, the NFR was going on and I was going over to the stockyards, uh, in Fort Worth every Friday and Saturday. Cause there wasn't much on for pro radios and stuff during the NFR. So I was just going over there and kind of using that as my practice and, uh, as well as winning a little money and stuff. And Cody Lambert came down to the barn there one day and he said, you've been watching the NFR at all? I said, yeah, I've been watching it on TV and stuff. He said, well, that's where you should be going next year. And when he said that, it kind of, it was like a holy shit moment. Okay. Maybe I am good enough to make the NFR. It was, (laughs) it was weird. I, I mean, I always knew I rode good and stuff like that. And like, you always want to have your own confidence and stuff like that. But when someone like Cody Lambert tells you that, uh, that you should be going to the NFR, uh, when he tells you something like that, that's when you know you damn for sure should be going. Let's take a quick pause and we'll be right back. Looking for NFR video content and features? It's all in one place at forward slash Las Vegas NFR. You will find unique features like the top 35 most memorable moments since 1985, the top 60 NFR contestants of all time, NFR champions recaps, custom NFR videos, and much more. You'll also find NFR performance recaps, insider tips, and interviews you might have missed along the way. Once you dive in, you'll find a lot more great content. There's something for all rodeo fans because legacies and memories are made in Vegas. What was your first NFR like? You mean, give me a little bit of, of what that was going on for, I mean, you're still pretty new to a lot of different stuff. First time NFR. I mean, it almost seems like you're kind of behind the ball from the other guys because they've watched it. They've been there. They've been, you know, have some maybe more experience to it. You're kind of going into the thing a little bit cold. Yeah, uh, and that whole year it was weird with COVID and stuff. And, well, uh, two weeks before that, we found out that we were going to be getting tested before it started and then also during it just randomly. And when we found out that, it was kind of like, well, we're not going anywhere because we don't want a chance getting COVID and getting tested and then getting kicked out. So it was it was weird in that sense. You went to the rodeo road, then you left and you went straight back to your hotel room. Like it was really weird like that. And then the whole setup was weird. I mean, I'd watched it on TV forever at Thomas and Mac. And then I get there and it's this massive big arena and Mm -hmm. it's, 
and globe life. It's just weird. I mean, I was getting to be real good buddies with Stetson then and, uh, Fritzlin was there, but even still, I didn't know all the guys that great. And I was just kind of doing my own deal. And it was, it was, it was definitely weird. And it was definitely a big learning experience. I mean, the first half of it went pretty good. And then come the second half, everything went to shit. (laughs) But, uh, I mean, that, that sport and that's, that's where you get better and you build up stuff. I mean, you learn from your experiences and I definitely learned a lot out of it and, and found out a lot about myself. So, I mean, it, it was good and bad, but it all worked out in the end. Speaking of Stetson, how did the traveling partnership between you two come about? Uh, so I, stayed at his house one night uh during the summer in 2020 and we uh we went down to a rodeo in southern utah i don't remember where it was but we went down there together and stuff and then uh i flew up to to salt lake city to a rodeo up there well we had a couple of days off and then we were going to the uh the, it would well it would have been like the playoff finals mm-hmm. whatever that was that year in rapid city and he was going and i was going so he just said oh we'll just come stay at the house for a few days and then we'll just ride over there together and then after that i was flying back down to texas so we did that and then uh we we're in broly california in like november and uh I had flown out there and he had drove. Well, he had called me that earlier that week and said like he wanted to come to Texas two weeks before the NFR and hang out down there. And he knew I was living at Cody Lambert's and he wanted to come down there and hang out and stuff. So I said, all right, well, we'll do that. So we drove from Brawley, California back to Cody's place in Bowie, Texas. And, and we hung out those whole two weeks before the NFR. And I mean, we, roped every day and got on some bulls and just messed around there at Cody's and it was kind of fun and stuff. And then from there, we kind of just hit it off. And, uh, in 2021, we decided we'd just start entering together. And what's it like having his little girl with you? Cause I'm going to bring this up. The yelling contest of, uh, your professional babysitting <laughs> skills are pretty great. <laughs> uh she's great uh she's uh we call the tiny tornado whenever she's around there's something <laughs> going on and uh it it's fun and it's cool getting to see little kids like that grow up and stuff and it's crazy how quick they grow up but i mean it's funny she keeps us on our toes and uh yeah, she's awesome to have around. I said, I don't think I'll ever be able to have kids because I'll always be comparing them to Kingsley. <laughs> but, uh, so she's great. She she for sure keeps us on our toes, and, and she's great to have around. So speaking about, uh, you know, your your travels and, and obviously coming from Australia, is there is there anybody, like we as Americans, we look at uh, – you know, Crocodile Dundee and the man from Snowy River. And there's so many Australian things that we think, oh my gosh, that's, 
that's the real deal. I, I mean, obviously, the man from Snowy River, you don't do all those things if you're not somewhat of a horseman. But are, are there are there any of those stereotypical Australian things that you guys think are cool too, or are we just strange Americans? Uh, I think you guys might be just strange Americans. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we we think the man from Snowy River deal is pretty cool because that is based on a true story. So I mean, right. we we think that's pretty cool, but. The whole crocodile Dundee. I mean, that don't get me wrong. There is people like him that I'm sure if they came over to America and were in a place like New York, that is literally what you would think you were seeing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, we we we're just the same as uh, the Americans. I mean, we just do some things different, and we sound a little different, but that's about it. <laughs> What do you miss most from home? Uh, my family, pretty much. That's that's the only thing I really miss. There's not much else over there for me. Uh, I was able to go home in October and November at the end of last year. And that was the first time I'd been home in four years because of COVID and everything. I couldn't, I couldn't get back and I didn't want to risk getting back there and uh, not being able to come back to the States. And so, I mean, it was really nice. It was really good for me. I got freshened up and was able to see all the family and spend a lot of time with them. And so that was really good. So speaking of just pretty much the same, but sounding different, what are some of the most notable maybe sayings in America that you've like, what, what does that mean? What the hell? Any like lingo or, or terms that here to where you're like, that's, I've never heard that before. Uh, I, you put me on the spot like that. I just say him without even thinking. You should ask this. And <laughs> all right. So uh, how, no how, how about how about some from back home? How about anything Australian? Where they're like, oh man, that's cool. I've never heard that before. Uh, Aussie talk. I mean, some like I don't know. Can we get a pint? Yeah. We we say rider a lot. Like okay. Yeah, righto. That mean that's kind of like yeah, okay. Righto. Uh, I got I got stats and saying righto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because my kids watch Bluey, uh, and isn't like the Dunny? Oh, is God. that the bathroom or something? Is that is that right? The the Dunny, yeah. Got to go if you got to go to the Dunny. That's the bathroom. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. But, How about what is um, it? Is it a no, it's not taco. What's the, what do you guys say for food? Like, okay. So. Uh, uh, like taco kind of food. No, like, uh, like food, like, so I've heard a guy say like, uh, go get some taco. Oh yeah. Yeah. You want to go get some taco? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so is that yeah. just like food in general or is that a specific food? Yeah, no, that's just food in general. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Righto. I still, I still, I still want to know what Vegemite is made of. So it's made up, I guess, of a bunch of like vegetables and stuff like that. It's actually really good for you. It's got a lot of vitamin D and vitamin C in it. But uh, yeah, I guess it's made up of a bunch of different vegetables and stuff. That's why it's called Vegemite. And uh, it, you, you have to know 
how to spread it on a piece of bread or toast for it to actually be enjoyable. (laughs) (laughs) Really good for you. It comes with a warning label. I'd like to add this in here. Uh, Vegemite is a super salty yeast-based spread. Ah, Oof, yeah. So take that with a grain of salt. If you put too much on, you damn sure ain't going to like it. (laughs) Good night. Is it something you like? Uh, I do, but not on the bread in America. The bread is, it's like got a, like kind of sweet taste to it. Mm -hmm. And the bread at home doesn't like it. There's no sweet taste to it or anything. And so like at home, you put it on a piece of toast or a piece of bread and you put, you put a little butter on it. And then you just lightly, and I mean lightly, spread the Vegemite on it, and it's good. And I like I can eat it like that, but uh, over here, I can't eat it on this sweet bread. It's just it's a weird mixture. Hmm. The Interesting. Yeah, I'll have to not try yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't, whatever you do, don't just get a scoop of it and just try yeah. that. That you will not like it. <laughs> I think I'll just stick with butter. Yeah. 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 All right, Kai. Well, hey, man, we really appreciate you taking some time and uh, visiting with us here. And I hope that you take that number one spot in the world and hold on to it and take it into December and rock and roll and have a gold buckle to go with your name. Yes, sir. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Have a good one. Want to experience more of the NFR? Then visit nfrexperience.com and we invite you to subscribe to NFR Extra on Apple Podcast, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and wherever you're listening right now. If you like what you've heard on NFR Extra, we would love it if you gave us a five-star rating and tell your friends how to subscribe. <laughs>